And we're back. I got good neighbors. I truly do. I truly fucking do. Gentiles, but the KKK, this is the land of us. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, the song at this point I am most proud of.
Welcome back to Uncle Donnie's. Did I already do that? You know, what is that? Uh, Did I do that? That's not a good impression. You know, it is Sunday. Some might call it the Lord's Day. I, I say every day is the Lord's Day. I'm watching, you know, one of the best. TV shows ever. Rome from HBO. And, uh, how do I say that? Uh, oh, happy birthday, George R.R. R. Martin. You know, he's arguably the greatest writer ever to live. In fact, it's not even an argument. He is the greatest writer ever to live. Better than that white bitch from the UK. What did she do? Oh, Harry Potter. Who gives a fuck? Uh, better than that other bitch from the UK. What did he do? Lord of the Rings? Oh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, I don't. I haven't read any of those. I have seen the movies, you know. But I have read A Game of Thrones. And other ones. What is it? A Clash of Kings. Storm of Swords. Uh, what's next? A Feast of Crows. What's next? Ah, a Dance of Dragons. And then what's after that? You know, it's a, uh, The Winds of Winter. And then it's, ah, uh, what is it? Ah, The Dream of Spring. You know, he didn't initially intend for it to be seven books, right? But seven is a perfect number. Not only in the Christendom sense, right? But also in the sense of the world of ice and fire. You know, do you know? Do you know I know nothing? I, uh, it is a beautiful Sunday here in Charlotte. The skies are clear. Nothing but the pretty blue Carolina skies. You know, they don't make them like they used to. But it's still pretty outside, let me tell you. Gorgeous, I might say. Gorgeous. I, uh, went shopping today. My mother got me some groceries, you know. It's the end times, so you gotta ask your mama for some groceries. 
my favorite beer ever. And trust me, I'm drinking a little too much. <laughs> Drank a little too much in my life. Um, Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Ranger. You know, not a sponsor. In fact, I have zero sponsors. Uh, <laughs> and, and in one sense, but also another, I have zero sponsors. I feel my sponsor is God. <laughs> I feel... My God. My God. You know, I'm in love with alternate history. I always, well, I can't say I always have been, but I don't know, since my teenage years, I guess. Who knows? Who knows? Um, as always, I have no plan for these episodes, these podcast episodes. I, uh, I'm thinking back to when uh, JVH, I should call him, when, when JVH said uh, said he was waiting for somebody to start a podcast. And I thought in my head, I don't know if I said it at the time, but I thought in my head, wow, I um, thought everyone had started a podcast, you know? Everyone and their uncle, especially the racist uncle. Uh you know, I got an uncle. He's not racist at all. His name is Johnny. Really, it's John uh, John Simon Fraser Jr., I believe. And, uh, you know, there's something about names. Something about a power in a name. And let me tell you, John Simon Fraser is a strong name. Never mind the junior part, right? The senior... We called him Big Daddy. Well, I didn't call him that. He died in the 80s, right? But I've always heard he would have loved me. We would have sat down and watched some wrestling. You know, actually at this point, he probably would have stopped watching it, let's be honest, you know. And, well, you know, who knows? Back in the day, you know, old school Charlotte wrestling is still the best. I'd argue it's the heart of wrestling. Where was the NWA headquarters? Shot down on uh, South Boulevard, I believe. Make babies. Wow, she opened her legs. Wow, my God. You know, I think Dennis Bella for something. One of the greatest directors of our lifetime. You know, Dune's about to come out. I don't know when it's coming out. I don't know if it's about to come out, but... I watched the trailer. It was a great trailer. Um, I saw some people shitting on it on Reddit. And to me, those people don't understand art. <laughs> they don't understand... The power of filmmaking. They don't understand... I don't know. My God. My God. My God. You know, I forgot about some of this shit on Rome. The, the point about. Oh boy. You know, I got some milk. <laughs> I said this somewhere. I don't know if it was on Twitter, Reddit, or where. 
But uh, I would have never gotten the idea to put <laughs> milk with whiskey. I don't have any whiskey. But milk with whiskey, if I never had read, you know, I, know, I didn't read the whole book. But if I'd never read the passages in the uh, Alcoholics Anonymous book about that motherfucker who, you know, got some milk and he just put some whiskey in it. Boom. Got some milk, put some whiskey in it. Boom. To me, that sounded like a great idea. And really it is. It really fucking is. Now I wish I had some whiskey. I don't. I don't keep liquor in the house. Mainly because I can't afford to. But also because, you know, who needs the temptation? <laughs> My God. Oh, Titus Polo. You know, Titus Polo is a goddamn freak. Excuse me. My God. You know, yesterday I tried to jerk off two separate times. Neither times did it come to fruition. What does that say about me? I mean, it just says I couldn't come, right? But when you're a 23-year-old man, you know, biologically, I don't know. You give the flying fuck. I, um... It almost feels like your, your value is gone. If you can't procreate, what value do you have? I don't know. But I do know. I don't know. As always, I know nothing. As always, I love this fucking show. You know... I have no desire to work for anyone who doesn't understand my vision. I have no desire to, uh, I don't know, eat shit and die. That's what happens, right, when you eat too much shit. You get, I don't know, some sort of disease. I'm sure Dr. Drew could tell me. I, uh... Once tweeted, it was a great tweet, that uh, the only people who could hope to heal me, <laughs> to fix me, were three characters, Dr. Drew, Dr. Oz, and Dr. Phil. Now, let me tell ah, fuck, let me tell you, I uh, love Dr. Phil. I mean, I love him. He's, my God, he's a genius, right? I mean, he knows what the fuck he's doing, right? Dr. Oz, you know, I don't know about him. I just, he feels a little too sensationalist for me. But Dr. Drew, let me tell you. Dr. Drew's one crazy motherfucker. And he has very pearly teeth. I mean, my God, it's like, it's like he went to Africa, the Ivory Coast, and killed some elephants, took, took the tusk, Grinded them down and put them in his mouth. That's how pearly his teeth are. <laughs> ah, he's got some pearly teeth. <laughs> My God. You know, the point about alternate history was Caesarian. I'm, I'm in love with the notion that Caesarian somehow becomes emperor. And my idea for the reboot, Rome season three, is, you know, it's set years later, obviously, right? 
I mean, how long ago, I don't know, how long ago did Rome come out? Mid-2000s, I guess? Who fucking cares? The point is, my approach to season three would be Titus Polo and that other motherfucker. Um, I guess you call him the main character. I don't know his name. But the point is, uh, the point is, my Rome season three would be putting Caesarian on the throne, making him the emperor. That would be controversial. Because at that point, you're just delving straight into alternate history. But who fucking gives a fuck? Right? I mean, the, the Rome season two ends, as best as I can remember, with Titus Polo and the other motherfucker whisking Caesarian away, protecting his life. My God, what is happening? Oh, wow, that poor chubby little boy. You know, he reminds me of Birdie Boy. Just so afraid of affection. <laughs> That's a joke. I, um... Ah, let me tell you, I love milk. Something about whole milk, you know. If I could, I would have my own farm with my own cows. And I would milk them. And I would just drink that. I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't get rid of all the nutrients. I don't know. Well, what is that shit that they get rid of? Who gives a fuck? Well, a long time ago, my father and I, you know, we used to talk about a lot of shit. We used to have great debates. We, we never really, you know, it never devolved into chaos. My father and I, we, we could, we would drive the scouts, Boy Scouts, every Monday. And the whole car ride there, we'd be discussing politics, discussing this, discussing that, right? We'd get the scouts. We'd pause it. Of course we would, right? After scouts, we'd get right back in the car and right back into it. <laughs> and then we get home, and you know, that was that. I miss those conversations with my father. I, uh, how could you not? When your father truly loved you, how could you not? You know? I feel in, in seventh grade, Stop me if I've said this before. <laughs> in seventh grade, I think it was like around 2012, it was 2011 turning into 2012, I don't know, right? I'm telling on myself now, I'm telling my age, right? <laughs> but uh, at that point, I didn't know what I believed in terms of religion, in terms of spirituality, right? Fuck religion, right? I, I'm, I'm not... I debate every day if I'm a religious man. I I feel like I'm not. I feel like I'm a spiritual individual. Right? I subscribe to the philosophy of the character of Jesus. Right? And anyway, I don't know. But my gateway into atheism at the time, right, was... It was 2012, right? It's turning 2012. And the, the big meme at the time was that the world was going to end because of the Mayan calendar. As if, you know, 
The Mayans wouldn't have kept making calendars if the Spaniards and the Italians didn't get on a boat and come over and give them smallpox. Right? Like, they would have kept making calendars. <laughs> we just happened to kill them all off. Right? Not all of them, but you get my point. And I remember I remember saying to uh, certain individuals, Carol Ann, you know, I remember talking to her about it. They'd say, do you believe the world's ending? I'd say, have you read your Bible? The Bible says no man knows the end times. No man knows the end date. They'd be like, wow, you're right. <laughs> they wouldn't say that. They'd be like, huh. Because of course they haven't read the Bible. They're, we're in fucking seventh grade. And I started watching The Amazing Atheist on YouTube. I don't know if he's still active. You know, who gives a flying fuck? But you know, something about oh boy. I'm away on a tangent. <laughs> Where's my old my I, uh... God, this isn't great. Oh, no. Anyway. I, uh... You know, when you don't know what to say, it sort of makes for a stale podcast episode. I, uh... The, the, the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg will no, about, will no doubt be considered a momental event in American politics in 25 years. Her, her death made me uh, very sad. Sad to the point of depression, right? And what is depression if not being sad for multiple days at a time, right? And You know, when you think about suicide, it's a very difficult thing to grasp, right? To grapple with. And it sent me on a spiral of suicide idealization. Like, what's the fucking point, you know? What's the fucking point? And yesterday I, I slept all, literally all day. I didn't wake up till about 7 o'clock at night. The sun was down, basically. And that doesn't feel good. It doesn't. And... 
Truly, if it wasn't for... I got a guest coming. Oh my goodness. What's up? Miss Flo, right? Yeah, I thought so. How are you doing? Y'all got me in the duck stop. No, I don't. I wish I did. You know what I'm talking about when we order Chinese. I know. I got it. You know, we're moving. Yeah, so. If I had the answers, I'd tell you. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because, you know, my grandfather died, right, over at Coolwood. So my mom had, we have that down there. Like my grandmother died, right? Down on Carlisle. Oh, that was your grandmother? Yes, ma'am. Uh, on Carlisle. Yes, ma'am. And so now my mom has three houses in her name, right? Yeah. So on taxes, you know that's killer, right? Yeah. So my mom decided, let, let me get out of here. But let me go to my grand, my grandfather's house, right? So we're moving into there, and yeah, I wish I had that Where we staying at? That I mean, yeah, Coolwood. Oh, uh, right up the street. Relatively, it's you know, twenty minutes away. Yeah, man. Oh, man. I wish I had some duck sauce for you. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get a, a one of the houses on Carlos for rent, you know. I'm thinking about my one of my friends, one of my best friends is moving back here from California, not California, Florida. And uh, I think me and him are going to try to get that place. But I've been out of work for a little bit, you know, as it goes. Of course we do. Yeah, you know how it goes. It's always the same, man. I mean, tired of these yuppies coming in, I'll tell you that. Yeah. All right, sweetie. You stay safe, Miss Flo. Hey, honey, if you get one, come back to the house. I'll share it with you. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't think. Boy, oh, boy. You know, I love Miss Flo. She, I, I told my mother the other day, if I was ever hired to produce, direct, write, whatever the fuck, right, a commercial for a women's sanitary product, I would hire Miss Flo to be the spokesperson. I mean, her name's Miss Flo. I mean, just connect the dots, right? But... She knew my father. She knew my father. She's a sweet old lady. It's hard not to be. It's hard not to be a sweet old lady. If you're a bitch of an old lady, like, what what have you done with your life? Like, how, how did you get to that point that you're just a vile, evil person? Anyway. Boy, I really wish I had some duck sauce now. <laughs> you know, Buck Anthony. 
It's one of my favorite historical characters. Like, imagine if he had won the Civil War and he became the Emperor. You said you had half the music. The motherfucker who plays him is a genius fucking actor. Caesar has lifted the siege and massacred the armies of Rome. He is safe and sound, and master of all the teachings. <laughs> a man is a damn prophecy, yes? <laughs> Cicero. You know, Cicero is a fascinating character in history. Fascinating. Oh no! Oh, the poor little pharaoh died. The little boy, the chubby little boy. You know, of course he's chubby in the fucking show. He's probably fat in real life, you know. Like, I mean, can you blame him? Caesarian. You know, Julius Caesar never said that Caesarian wasn't his son. Never ever said that. He just wouldn't necessarily say that he was his son, right? I mean, you gotta think. He's married, dealing with politics. He can't. He can't say it's his son, right? Like, and Titus Polo knows it's his son. In the show, Titus Polo knows it's his son. But in real life, it probably was Caesar's son. Let's be real. In real life, it probably was Caesar's son. My God. My God. Cleopatra. You know. If I were doing the new Cleopatra movie, I think Dennis Valentine is doing it. Uh. I don't know who I would hire. Like, I certainly wouldn't hire Whitney Cummings, right? She's too white. But, <laughs> you gotta think Hollywood a little bit, you know? If I could hire whoever the fuck I'd wanna hire, I'd go to Egypt and find some actress, right? But, if you're thinking Hollywood, I'd get Olivia Munn. You know, she's a little dark. <laughs> she has a little, you know, tan to her skin, I guess, right? I don't know what, you know, ethnicity is so weird, right? Especially as Americans. Uh, as an American, I almost don't believe in calling people an Asian American, a black, well, African American, or, you, you see what I'm saying? And I just feel if you're an American, you're an American. Fuck the rest of it, right? And, and if you're an individual who takes pride and being from another place initially, sure, right? You're an African American. You're a Chinese American. Uh, Korean American. Taiwanese American, right? In the case of Andrew Yang. <laughs> and... So it goes, ladies and gentlemen. Tell you one thing, I really wish I had some marijuana.
You know, I'm running for mayor of Charlotte. I have not officially announced. It's going to cost me about $1,600 to even run. Which doesn't make any goddamn sense, right? Shit costs $0 to run. Why the fuck do I have to come up with $1,600 just to put my name on the ballot? How the fuck does that make sense? It doesn't, ladies and gentlemen. It does not. I've been slowly building my platform. I was asking my little brother when he took me to the grocery store. He said, Eli, you want to vote for me? He said, I don't know. <laughs> he said, I don't know if I'm even going to vote. I said, I said, that's a good answer. <laughs> At least you're not going to vote for the other person. But he said... I don't know what he said. Oh no, there's an elephant dying. Well, it's not really dying, is it? But... The beautiful thing with modern technology is we don't have to have real elephants, you know? I mean, if you got the budget, if you have an HBO budget these days, you don't need a real elephant. You really don't, do you? I mean, when they have dragons that look that realistic in Game of Thrones, why the fuck do you need a fucking elephant? Although, Alexander the Great would not have conquered the known world without elephants. You know, like... I don't know. Oh, boy. God, I love milk. I mean, how could you not? I don't drink the skim. I don't drink the two percent. The one percent. I drink the whole. I tried to uh, trade a beer for some marijuana. Didn't work out. But it'd be nice if I had some. <laughs> Addiction is a progressive disease. I had to take calling it a disease because it's a choice. And that's controversial, but it's a choice to do a drug. I mean, it is. You can always say no, right? And and the 
I'm not Nancy Reagan, right? I don't believe in the mantra, just say no. But you can. <laughs> it's not that easy, is it? When, when you come home from the hospital and a bitch named Bree says, Hey, I can help you get some cocaine. What do you say? In my case, I said, sure. Let's do it. I spent money I shouldn't have spent. And I relapsed on the cocaine. The part of the journey of recovery is relapses. Of course it is, right? But the beautiful thing about a journey is when you don't know the destination. When you just take the punches as they come, you know? I mean, you can dodge and weave, but your opponents land in some punches, right? It's unavoidable. Holy fuck, I think someone just died on this show. It's been a long time since I really paid attention to this show. I don't even know who just died. I don't even know what episode I'm on. The beautiful thing about HBO is they are simultaneously ahead of the curve while letting the other people fuck up first. <laughs> you know? Like, they waited for other people to they waited a long time before they did HBO Max, you know. They could have hopped on that train really fucking quick. But they waited. They said, how can we make it perfect? How can we do our thing? You know, Greek plays are some of the twist, most twisted, fucked up shit ever. Uh, I cannot imagine living in Roman times. Especially because I probably would have been a slave. <laughs> you know? Let's be honest. 
I would not have been a consul of Rome. As much as I would have aspired to be, I would have led a very shitty life. Poor Pompey. Not not the island, but the individual. I mean the island, you know. Erupted, I guess, the volcano, but uh. The smartest thing you can do as a rider is set up a failure. You always want the hero to succeed, but... Who's the hero in the story? You know? In the case of Rome, is it Caesar? Is it Titus Polo? Is it the other guy? I can't remember his name at the moment. I'm not going to Google it. I, uh... I do my best not to Google shit. Oh, boy. I do love the name Titus Polo. You know, the, the the two main characters of the show, Rome, Titus Polo and the other guy, come from some writing from Julius Caesar, as best as I can remember. And they're just offhand characters, you know, they were just some, just some bullshit. Who knows if they were real or not, they probably were real. Why would Julius Caesar make up some characters, you know, but... You never know, do you? You never know. You know, Andrew Santino said he, uh, <laughs> Quit cigarettes so easy. But what did he do in replace of that? Like, how did he do it? I don't know. I'm jealous of the fact he couldn't. Not envious, but jealous of the fact that he couldn't. Just quit that easy. Nicotine is... Honestly, I feel my last true addiction... And a part of me feels like I'll never quit.
by the Guild of Medicine. The Guild of Medicine uses a new finest blade, true Roman fashion. Oh, boy. I tweeted that, uh, I tweeted that. I started back reading uh, A Song of Ice and Fire. Fan theory. Hypotheses. I'd say. But, yeah. And that my life was back on track <laughs> because of that. But clearly that, you know, that tweet was a joke, right? The question I can never answer is, is it satire or sincere? I truly believe satire is the truest form of sincerity, but there's some people out there who just... They don't get that, right? That think satire is a... Is tearing down somebody, and it, it it's it can never be that. I mean, it could, but it should never be that. If you're satirizing somebody, you should know them a little bit, right? You should understand them, and. No. You know, when you hear your stomach grumble, what does it mean? <laughs> oh, no, I, okay. I, uh. Brutus is such a sad figure in history, is he not? You too, Brutus. The king of dead air is Ethan Klein. I have no desire to be the king of dead air. Never mind the queen. Of dead air. Sort of fucked up how Brutus's mother in this show sort of plots the assassination of Caesar. You know? There's probably some historical credence to that.
man with a long neck, but he did fought like a leopard and speed of a horse. I don't believe it. The new chimera. I assure you, it's quite weird. I was only lucky to see one of my clients. I'm trying to bring one over for months now, but the creatures keep dying on the way here. We do not have to see them. Do it sounds very tiring. After the girl's earnest hands is done, you must go to Sanctuary and do that. I should write a map, but then my work begins in earnest, and I should have about three weeks on the July. Splendid notion. How shall you proceed? There's nothing quite like reading your old emails. Here's one from uh, April 22nd. It was a Sunday. 2012 at 9.01 p.m. If I was Benjamin Banneker, Banneker, who knows, and if you were a human, and you asked me, Benjamin Banneker, the question, you were an inventor, what did you invent? I would look at you silly and laugh to myself. Now let's go back to me being grace and royal. You see, human, Benjamin Banneker wasn't an inventor. He was an astronomer, a mathematician, a surveyor, almanac author, and humble farmer. When people think about Mr. Banneker as an inventor, they think he invented the clock. In actuality, he didn't know such thing. Was he a clockmaker? Yes. Did he make a pretty sweet clock? Yep. <laughs> There is an interesting story about Benjamin and his clock. History has it that using a pocket watch that Mr. Benjamin borrowed from a traveler or merchant, as a model, he carved out wooden repl replicas of each piece and used the parts to make a striking clock. A simple wooden, unoriginal clock that struck hourly. Did it take skill? Of course. He completed the clock when he was 22. And he continued to work until his death. Now, 
considering I have you already. I suppose I'll tell the life of Benjamin. He was a great and intelligent man. He did a lot in his life. Benjamin's early life is difficult to verify. He was born in 1731 to freed African-American farmers. There has been some discussion on whether Benjamin was a grandson of a European-American, a white person, who came to America as an indentured servant. Researchers have questioned this, however, as Benjamin described himself as only having African descent. None of the surviving papers that Benjamin wrote ever describe him as having a white ancestor. The first description detailing such a thing was published long after Benjamin's death. The most important part of Benjamin's early life was when he was a young teenager. He met and befriended a Quaker farmer named Peter Heinrichs who had established a school near Benjamin's family farm. Heinrichs shared his personal library with Benjamin and provided him with his only classroom instruction. However, however, once Benjamin was old enough to help out on his parents' family farm, his formal education ended. He spent most of the rest of his life at the farm. Benjamin's father died in 1758. And following that, Benjamin lived with his mother and sisters. In 1771, a Quaker family, the Elliots, moved into the area and built mills along the Patispasco, I don't know, river. Benjamin supplied their workers with food and studied the mills. In 1778, he began his formal study of astronomy as an adult using books and equipment that George Eliot lent to him. The following year, he sent George Eliot, well, that uh, I fucked up that sentence, uh, his work on solar eclipse, you know, who knows. But in 1791, a member of the Ellicott, I guess not Elliot, it's Ellicott, you know, Quakers are weird, uh, <laughs> of the Ellicott family, Major Andrew Ellicott hired Benjamin to assist to assist in the initial survey of the boundaries of the 100 square mile federal district that Maryland and Virginia would cede to the federal government as a part of the Federal Resident Act, Residence Act of 1790 and later legislation. This land, this territory, would later become known as the Territory of Columbia. And later, and presently, the District of Columbia.
Benjamin's activities on this on this survey team resembled those used in celestial navigation during his lifetime. His duties consisted of making astronomical observations at James Point in Alexandria, Virginia to determine the location of the starting point for the survey and of maintaining a clock that he used when relating points on the surface of the earth to the positions of stars, specific times. Because of illness and the fact he was 59, helping to survey the area came with difficulties. Benjamin left the boundary area in April 1791 and returned to his home at Ellicott's Mills. There he worked on... I don't even know this word. Ephemeris. Uh, a table or data file giving the calculated positions of a celestial object at regular intervals throughout a period. Who would have thought? You know, I'm not sure Joe Biden can speak Spanish. Just tweeted some shit in Spanish, though. Let me tell you.
Welcome back to Uncle Donnie's American Power Hour. Shame to be poor, so they say. It's a sin to be rich. What are we going to do? 
What are we gonna do? You know, I know nothing. But I do know Uncle Donnie deserves to be executed. Preferably by the state. Let's make it a legal proceeding. Put him on trial for the crimes he's committed. Of which are countless. Of which are countless. You know, I've committed a lot of crimes in my life. Lots of, you know. Let's think back uh, to 2016. Let's think back about what Grayson did then, you know. I don't know, I guess I got some drugs over the internet, you know. And I, I guess, I guess, I guess, I guess. And I spent seven days in a felony pod. And I knew then I would never spend another day in a pot again. Oh, wait, and then I cut my wrist a couple times. You know, just looking for that sweet release. Not of death, but some way to ease the pain. And, and I cut one time on my left wrist. And I cut deep. I saw the veins. And it felt good. It felt good. So I went to my right wrist, cut once. Did not cut deep enough. It did not satisfy. Cut again. Did not satisfy. Cut again, did not satisfy. Cut again. And I guess you could say I was satisfied then. You know, we could say a lot. We could say a lot. <sighs> you know, the possibilities are endless. <laughs> I mean, they always are, are they not? tell you that. You know why? I don't trust God to guide the bullet. You know, I like to make the claim I'm bulletproof, but only in the sense my time ain't done. You know, a few months ago, I guess it was a couple, I don't know. I hate math. I'm not the math guy. I'm not Andrew Yang. I was walking to the store. I was, uh, how do you say, craving a cigarette. Craving some nicotine. Craving it like you've never craved anything in your life. You know why? Some crazy shit happened to me that night. And that's okay. You know, I, I welcomed it. And I still welcome it. I really do. I really fucking do. And uh, how do you say? I didn't get the cigarette. You know, I walked to the store. I said, hey man, you got a cigarette? He said, no. He spit. <laughs> he spit right in front of me, you know, and uh, I took that as a sign of disrespect. He said, I got a couple dollars, got a couple dollars for you. I said, fuck you, man, 
I didn't say that. But I was thanking it. What I did say was, <laughs> I'm not out here asking for charity. Asking for a goddamn cigarette's not really charity, is it? God damn, I hate YouTube. Fuck this shit, too. Bare naked? Fuck you! Thank you. 